Let's reach for your Bibles this morning. Let's go to the book of Exodus, chapter 33, verse 14. Exodus 33, 14 says, And he replied, My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. He replied, My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. That rest is not just sleep. It's peace. It's peace. It's the fulfillment of the promise. It's all-encompassing. It's everything that you need from God. It's, it's in him. You have to understand the correlation. My presence will go with you and I will give you rest because there's rest in my presence. And you have to learn to receive that. You have to learn to receive that. And Moses said in, in Exodus uh, 33, 15, he said, if your presence does not go, don't make us go up from here. And he replied, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. And he said, if your presence does not go, don't make us go up from here. Don't move us, God. Don't take us. Father, we're, we're here for you, God, and I'm just listening for your spirit, Lord. So do what only you can do, Father God. Speak to our hearts this morning. You know what we need to hear, Father. We thank you and we give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Go ahead and have your seats. Amen. You know, again, it's one of those moments. It's one of those moments where God just come in and he just does it. I don't know if you got a sense of that this morning or not. And it's hard to, well, let me not say that. It's actually easy to just go past and just do what you had planned. That's, that's the easy part. Um, but I don't believe God wants to go that way today. I also believe that there's a, a message in his presence that we have to learn to be able to receive. What I mean by that is that there's sometimes that God wants to speak to you and sometimes, and this is going to sound really funny, Tammy, but I'm going to say it anyway. Sometimes as preachers, we can get in the way. We can get in the way of God talking to you and giving you what you need. And, and what happens in, 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 in church, and this is what we saw uh, in Exodus, when the children of Israel came out of the wilderness and they were at Mount Sinai, Chris, and what happened is they're sitting there and the God comes down, and let me back up a little bit, God comes down and he, he says, I'm going to go through, tell the people to sanctify themselves because I'm going to come down. I'm going to introduce myself to them. And so tell them to sanctify themselves. Be ready for the third day because I'm going to show up on Mount Sinai and I'm going to just allow my presence to just come down and I'm going to introduce myself to my people. After they had been in bondage for 400 years in Egypt, he finally got to them to a place of freedom and he brought them out to the base of the mountain. And, and I mean, I, I can imagine God was excited. I can imagine that God was excited to introduce himself to his people. And he comes down, Chris, and he made an entrance, man. 
he made an entrance. The mountain, the whole mountain was on fire. Can you imagine a mountain being on fire? And an earthquake and smoke ascending to the heavens. And they begin to hear the voice of God speaking to them. See, when we look at the, when we look at the movie, the Charlton Heston movie, The Ten Commandments, you ever seen that, that movie? I like that movie. Amen. It's a good movie. Okay. Um, but the thing is, in most depictions, or even when we think about it in our mind, when Moses went to the mountain, we see God giving Moses the Ten Commandments, and then he comes down and brings it to the people. But what actually happened is that as they were at the mountain, you can go back and we should, you should have just read it in your Bible reading plan if you're on the reading plan with us. What happens is God comes down, he's on the mountain, he speaks to the entire nation. Everybody heard the Ten Commandments. Um, think about that for a second. Everyone heard God speak. They heard his voice. And, and so it wasn't just that they needed Moses to get it for them. They got it straight. They got it fresh. They got it from the source. Amen. But what happens at this point is that they tell Moses, they said, man, it's great. We've heard the Lord. Now tell them that's enough. Tell him, stop speaking to us because we can't take it. You go. Moses, you go and you hear from God and then come and tell us what he says. But because we're afraid that if he keeps talking to us, it's going to kill us. And God heeded the voice of the people. He gave them what they wanted. Now, I don't know if you if you, you think about this for a second. Here's God who was dealing with his people, brought them out of bondage 400 years in the wilderness, brought them to a place. He said, let my people go so they can worship me. They come out. They're at the place to begin to worship him. He introduces his, his, himself to them and they say, no, thank you. I'll just listen to the preacher. God, you stay with, do what you're doing. Talk to him and I'll listen to him, but I don't need to hear from you. And, and, and what happens is that because that's what the people wanted, that's what he gave them. Now, there were still some that still heard from the Lord. Amen. There were still some that were still able to hear. But, but for the most part, the people asked for God to stop speaking to them. And, and, and what has happened is that we've taken this sometimes in our churches. We've taken this and, and, and that's the way we keep it. That we say, okay, the preacher is responsible to spend all week and fast and pray and hear from the Lord. And he comes in on Sunday and tells me what thus saith the Lord and I'm good for another week. God wants to talk to you. He wants to talk to all of us. But that only comes from being in his presence. It only comes from being in his presence, which means that God is calling us to take time to spend with him. Amen. God is calling us because that's how you develop a relationship with somebody, right? Okay. Where are the married folks at in here, right? All right. Anyway, keep your hands up, married, married people. 
All right, now put your hands down if you had an arranged marriage. If somebody, if you had an arranged marriage and somebody set y'all up and y'all had never met before and then y'all got married, go ahead and put your hands down. Any arranged marriages in here? Okay, all right, good. Go ahead and put your hands down. So, so what that means is that y'all met at a particular time and y'all decided y'all wanted to get to know each other a little better. That, that's how it worked, right? Okay, yeah, I got <laughs> You might be getting off like right now, so be careful. So, because <laughs> it's coming this way, Paul. You can sit up here if you need to. So nobody in here had an arranged marriage, which means that you met someone and decided you wanted to get to know them better, right? Anybody still dating in here? Still dating? Don't be scared, gone. It's all right. Amen. Yeah, I'm still dating my wife. Matter of fact, shoot. Matter of fact, Tuesday is our anniversary. Glory to God. 26 years. Amen. But at some point, we decided to get to know each other better. And we started spending time together. And the, as we spent time together, the relationship began to deepen, right? My feelings for her began to deepen. I would assume her feelings for me began to deepen because she stayed around, amen? And so there was something to it that we began to build on what we started. And this is what God is calling us to do. We started with salvation. That's the door. That's just getting in the door. God is saying, no, I want you to build on that. Okay? And so if we're going to develop a relationship with God, we have to spend time with God. We have to be with him. God does not have a problem with you being too clingy. God doesn't have a problem with you texting him all the time and talking to him all the time and calling him all the time. He doesn't mind. Why? Because he wants to be with you. Amen. Now, God is not a, a, a he's not going to force himself on you. But he's just going to gently prod and just say, hey, I'm calling you. I'm calling you. And sometimes that requires us to stay. It requires us to stay in the prayer closet a little longer. It requires us to spend a little more time in worship. Amen. And, and, and we don't do it as a duty. Right. We don't do it because we have to. We do it because we get to. I want you to change the picture of how you see this. Glenn, when you're in prayer and you feel like you need to pray a little longer, you ever spent time with somebody and it was time to go and you wasn't ready to leave yet? Stand up for me, babe. This won't be bad. You know, we're, we're spending time together kind of hanging out, and it's time for her to go. I'll see you later, babe. Go ahead and walk that way. Just that way. And then you're like, wait, wait, don't don't go yet. Don't go yet. Right? That looks completely different than I have to pray 15 more minutes. Because sometimes we're ready to go, and God says, wait. Don't go yet. It looks a whole lot different. The Holy Spirit lead me to pray 15 more minutes in the morning. Come on now. Think about the privilege that you are experiencing in that moment. That God calls you and says, no, not yet. 
He says, just stay a little longer. Pray a little longer. Just sit with me. And sometimes when God, when God kind of taps me or he holds on to me like that, sometimes I don't even have to say anything. There's nothing for me to say. He just wants to sit with me a while. That's, that's the relationship we have with our loving Heavenly Father. That's what Jesus purchased for us. Amen? And that's where the rest comes. The rest comes when, um, uh, let me say it like this, the rest comes when you've gone through your prayer list. Because sometimes, I don't know about you, sometimes when I'm, when I'm praying and I got a bunch of stuff to pray for, I don't really feel rest at that moment. And sometimes if all I'm doing is just getting through my list, there's no rest after it's over. Right? Because I'm trying to rush out. The rest comes from his presence. The rest comes from sitting with him and being with him and learning to just enjoy him. That's where the rest comes from. Because what happens is we begin to, we begin to change. We get transformed to where, well, God, if you don't do it, I'm good. If you don't answer in the way that I would like you to answer, it's okay. That's how we deepen our trust. That's how, again, it's relationship. I'm trusting God. I can trust him. Why? Because I know him. How did I get to know him? I spent time with him. So when we're looking for rest, and again, the rest is talking about not only just the peace of God that passes all understanding, but it's also, it's entering into the promises of God. Okay, because the rest represented the promised land. He says, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest, meaning that I will take you into where I promise I will do everything that I said I would do for you. Right? That, that was his promise. But in order to get there, you have to be with him because he doesn't want you to enjoy it without him. Amen. He doesn't want you. He doesn't want to just send you somewhere to go do something. He says, no, I want to go with you. I want us to go together. And the truth is, we should want that too because we need him for it. Amen. But family, we have to come back to the presence of God. We have to come back to spending time with God. Okay? And I'm not saying you're not. What I'm saying is that God wants more. And if he's a father, if he's your father, he, he has the right to ask for more. Amen. And we honor him in that again. But you have to learn to see it differently or it's going to become just another thing you have to do. Imagine your father saying, not yet. Don't go because I know what you're going to need for the day. I know that what you're going to need. I know what you're going to face. I know what you're going to go through. And you need a little bit more of me today. Oh, glory to God. You need a little bit more of my grace and my peace and my power on your life. And that comes from my presence. You need a little bit more of refreshing this day. So I need you to just sit with me a little bit longer. Amen. And again, it's not that he always gives another thing to pray for. And, and that's where it begins to feel kind of silly, Sister Sean. That's where it starts to feel a little bit silly. Like, well, God, what are we doing here? <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> you know? 
He just said, just, just sit with me. Just sit with me. Just soak. You ever, you ever had a real nice bath? A warm, how, how many of you like a, a real, look, you know, hot bath? Got the bubbles. I don't know if you do candles. I don't know what you do. I ain't getting into all that. <laughs> but there's something relaxing about soaking. There's something soothing, and it doesn't just touch your body. It just, it just handles everything. Stress begins to go away. You know, y'all remember Calgon, take me away, right? That was, okay. There's something about soaking that just, just makes everything all right. And that's what God is trying to get us to do is learn to soak in his presence. Learn to just sit and rest and soak and just soak him up. Just to bathe yourself in the spirit of God. Amen. To just rest. And I'm telling you, a lot of stuff gets worked out right then. Oh, because what happens is when you catch God's heart and he catches your heart, guess what? He knows what you need. And he just starts handling stuff, man. He starts taking care of things. He starts moving things around and shifting things in your favor because you spent time with him. Because you decided to stay. Now, what happens is that you develop um, an increased appetite for God and for his presence. And that's what he's looking for. And that's why we even know what we saying. We talk about stay. I don't want you to go, but then I want more. You know, uh, we started this whole, you know, low carb thing at the beginning of the year. And uh, now y'all know I love coffee, right? Amen. Okay. And I had a certain way I used to make it all the time, right? I, I'm going to just go two teaspoons of sugar. I had two teaspoons of sugar. Boom, boom, right? And then had the creamer and all that stuff in there. You know, but at, I'm sorry. Two teaspoons of sugar. I'm sorry. Not the tablespoon. Just a little. One heap of t- one back over here. But changing my diet ruined me to it. Can't go back to it now. I tried it. I tried one teaspoon of sugar. Chris, I had to pour out. I had to pour it out. I said, okay, God, this is just going to be a drink offering. That's what this is going to be. I had to get rid of it. It was too sweet. Because my appetite changed. When I experienced something different that was actually better for me, my appetite changed, and now I wanted what was better, even though it didn't taste good before. See, this is how it is with God. When we begin to spend time with God, it changes my appetite for him and changes my appetite for the things of the world. It takes me from here to here, and now I want what's here because this is what's better for me. Does that make sense? And this is what God is trying to do. Now, now again, that process wasn't cool at first. Because coffee without sugar is nasty. Well, it used to be. It used to be. Me and Chris, man, we, we meet uh, at the Starbucks uh, some mornings. We've been meeting for a while, and uh, we just kind of hang out and talk. And Chris, he's, he's a just straight black coffee guy. I was like, Jesus! I was like, what's wrong with him? I've been praying for you for a long time, man, and God... 
But that's just, and he's, so he had a taste for it. But guess what? He's not getting any calories out of it. Amen. <laughs> but it changed. And so once I began this journey, it was like, man, this is different. This is okay. I'm ordering like unsweet tea now in Texas. What? <laughs> I said, that's it. I'll repent next week. Amen. I mean, but here's the thing, though, right? When you get used to something that's good for you, you develop an appetite for it. So as we get used to spending time with God, the, the, the process, the start of it might not be as comfortable as you like. It might not be as glorious as you want it to be. It might feel a little silly. It might feel like, okay, God, what is this all about? Well, I'm not hearing anything. I'm not getting anything. I don't have any goosebumps. It's okay. He's still there. And as you spend time, it changes you. Because when you're in the presence of God, God is, is moving things around you don't even know about. Amen. And so I really feel that God is calling us back to his presence in a deeper, more intimate way. And, and, and that's, I mean, that's, that's it. That is the rest. That's what you need. That's what we need. We need him. We need rest. Amen. And so we, it's really just about being with him. I had a whole nother sermon plan. I had a whole nother thing we was going to do. And we'll get to it next week. It'll be there. Amen. Amen. An hour early. Yeah, maybe. Amen. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> we'll see. But, but God is saying, look, come to me. All ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Amen. Answer the call, amen? Answer the call. Come on, let's stand and give the Lord praise this morning.